Support for 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for all your shaving needs. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for the men in your life, the performance package. Help him join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 90 day fiance WTF at manscaped.com. That's 90 day fiance WTF at manscaped.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watched on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, Nadia. Hey, Lon. I know this is kind of crazy, but we should go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas, baby, Vegas. How did you feel about Vegas? You're asking me, or are you asking me about the scene that they had in Vegas? Okay. Me, how I feel about Vegas in general, like me, Nadia. About the show going that direction. I mean, it, it feels like it's a scene that they needed to record because Patrick needed her to meet the brother, right? Yeah. But what do you mean by that question? Like, are you yeah, I guess for, about Vegas? Yeah. So for me, it felt familiar, kind of formulaic. It was almost like going back to what happened to Brandon and Julia. It's just, oh. we don't know what to do with them. Fucking just send them to Vegas. And I was just like, wait, because <laughs> it was like, wait, what are we, what are we doing again? So I, for me, it came out of the blue. And then, you know, there's other people too on the internet that mm-hmm. were like, this is so random, you know, and you can't even get married there unless you do the paperwork or something. So like people were calling out that scene where she tried to, do a surprise wedding and they're like you can't just show up to the thing you have you to can't? fill out the stuff i mean how like, do people I, just I drunkenly get married i know i have questions too i didn't look too much into that but apparently like, you need a license first and then you can do it but i know what you mean people get drunk and they just Britney Spears. what dennis rodman right <laughs> yeah yeah Courtney Kardashian. Yeah, so you know, I don't. I, I think I it's for no show, I, but you're right because this is for our listeners who are not based in the U.S. But before you can get married, you need to get a marriage license from whichever county that you're from, or just basically a marriage license, and then you can get married, and then your marriage will be valid, right, or mm, recognized. Okay. So it's not like you can just walk to any. You don't just show or, up and say marry us. Don't show up. You have any papers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fun fact, Lon is on my marriage certificate as a witness. But anyway, <laughs> forever immortalized right there. Lon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't feel like the scene is that contrived because he's actually meeting someone there. So it's not like they randomly wanted to go to Vegas. 
Yeah. Like how Jovi and Riara, I think, talked about Vegas. Was it them? Is it Brandon and Julia or Jovi and Yara? Because I thought it was Yara and Jovi who got married in Vegas. Remember? Because Yara had that funny hair yeah. that we talked about. And that's what I mean. Like that, I think there were a few couples, and that's why I felt like it's almost like they're just. There's always like a fucking Vegas thing. Like, are we? How many more couples are we going to send to Vegas? But I mean, aside from that, to your point, yes. I don't know if he was meeting them up there or or they live there, but Mm. he definitely was meeting his brother and wanted his brother and and I guess one of their friends uh, to meet Tice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm, All right. Well. But what do you think about Patrick's comment that, you know, this is how you marry a stripper. Yeah. Like I thought that was offensive because. Yeah. That's you stereotyping Vegas weddings, right? Exactly. Like what about all the regular people getting married in Vegas because they live there? Oh, because they're they're just regular people. You know, it's not like only strippers get married in Vegas. I mean, by the way, you can get married in a. the festival in Vegas. Oh, uh, right, right. There's a chapel there. Yes, you can get married at EDC. EDC, EDC, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Electric Daisy Daisy. Carnival for y'all that uh, don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. He has a very incorrect perception of Vegas weddings are. Like, sure, there's the one that the movies like to show. There's like a wannabe Elvis guy and it's kitsch, you know, and you, you... walk in and it's very like whoa this is kind of weird but they actually do hold pretty really standard kind of weddings where you can get a priest to show up if you want and my cousin and his wife actually got married at vegas and in one of the hotels over there and it wasn't anything you know with led lights or anything like that it was an actual you know a chapel with painted ceilings and pews you can actually have those kinds of weddings they're not all like you're walking down the aisle while elvis is (laughs) You know what I mean? Is there not these caricature style? So I think for him to say that was like exactly to your point. You can actually have like an actual wedding. wedding, More than decent. Like some of these places really go all out to provide you a very authentic, a very formal. And uh, for some people, a very kind of even a culturally religious style wedding. So when he was like, this is how you marry a stripper was was a bit out of pocket. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, Patrick, strippers are people too, you know. <laughs> and yeah. And then that was another thing. Let's unpack this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was wrong on many levels. Yeah. Right? So, one, what are you saying about people who get married in Vegas? But then, two, well, okay. Well, f- what if somebody wanted to marry a stripper? Yeah. Like, so strippers. You're are saying too? that there's, yeah, like, w- what do you got against that? <laughs> like, the way he's, there's just so many. Maybe, so maybe a stripper rejected <laughs> Patrick before and he just had a vendetta against them ever since. Yeah. And I understand. I think he's trying to make a bigger deal of going the traditional route. Mm. Right. Because I think this comment stems from the fact that she's not involving her dad. And I think he's big on that to do the formal and I don't know how much of this is rooted in patriarchy so I'm not, I don't want to talk too much about that but my first thought was okay it's 2022 are we still doing this are we still well man to man I gotta man up and talk to your dad get your dad's blessing first you know what I mean it's not her say it's not her say whether she gets married or not then again I don't know how much of that is rooted in patriarchy so I don't want to get too much into that 
But this goes back to Patrick trying to get the father's permission and her leaving the dad and Patrick like out of each other's equation. They're not even talking. They, the dad is clueless, right? Mm. So I think it begins with that, with, okay, my dad's blessing is out the window. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to talk to him. And now aside from that, we're just going to go ahead and get married. And then we're going to tell him. <laughs> so I think all that is maybe where he's saying, this is a stripper wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see what he's trying to say is I don't want to have a bastardized wedding. Yeah. yeah. Like Let's I want to have a the decent, traditional... traditional wedding. Yeah. But honestly, like during this episode, I went from like team Thais to like team Patrick, just because Thais was being very shady about the whole, like, I'm not telling my dad, let's just get married. And then we'll ask for forgiveness later. Like you're putting him in a tough spot here because Clearly, you know, this is a guy that wants to do things the traditional way. Yeah. But it also leaves the question of like, why didn't he, during all those visits to Brazil, why didn't he ask for her hand in marriage from her dad in person? And then I watched the show again. And then she did say that her dad doesn't like Patrick. No, doesn't like him. So now she's really being super shady because she's going ahead and just rebelling and just... Yeah, basically what I did with my current husband. I just went ahead and got married even though I didn't really get my parents' blessings. But but anyway, anyway, you know, with that said though, in, in your case, at least they were informed. They were informed and they did yeah. not like my husband. Like they right. like him. It's yeah. just... You had to buck tradition. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I had to like circumvent certain <laughs> things. We can segue to Eve and Muhammad because that's the situation that I was in in a way. Anything else, Long, that you want to see about uh, Thais? And- yeah. So I can kind of see her thinking, and maybe it's just because she's younger, but she thinks that this will prove the dad doesn't like Patrick and he thinks Patrick isn't serious. Mm. So it's almost like she's oversimplifying it. So because he doesn't think Patrick is serious, she's saying, if you marry me, that will show how serious you are to him. And it's not that much of a big leap, but it's just a way too simple. It's an oversimplified logic yeah, that she's using. There. Definitely. So I can see it when you put it that way. Like he doesn't think you're serious, but you know what? If we get married, it'll show him that this is a serious commitment. We want to spend our lives together. So I can kind of see that. I'm like, ah, that's still not maybe the right way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but little confession here. I was thinking along the same lines as her too. Like I was thinking, well, if my parents don't bless our marriage now, maybe when we have kids, they will be like, okay, now they're very serious about yeah. starting a family. <laughs> so like, okay, maybe I'll, uh, I'll go you make these Thais. connections. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, okay, Thais, uh, you got my attention here. I see you. I see yeah. you, girl. I see you. But yeah, uh, let's segue into Muhammad and Eve. Thoughts on uh, his condition right there about having uh. kids. I'm not surprised. I know it sounds bad when you hear it out loud, but I'm not surprised because that's just how people who are very religious are. You know, they'll give you that type of ultimatum. And you can swap out the Muslim thing with the Jewish, right? Some people Mm -hmm. are like, I'm not going to get married to you until you convert to Judaism or unless you promise me that our kids will be raised Jewish, Christian, Mm -hmm. Hindu, whatever, right? So in Muhammad's case, obviously he wants his kids to be raised Muslim. So my question here, Lon, is 
haven't they talked about this before they get together and before she decided to sponsor a K1 visa for yeah. you? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm pretty sure the storyline might be fake here, but I just feel like this is a ridiculous. It's more of the same now, and now it's a double no. <laughs> right? No, yeah, okay, you're not going to convert. No. <laughs> and then now you want the kid to be open-minded about religion when it's obvious that I want him to be Muslim, right? Like, mm. no, right? Okay, well, that now that's two things. Like, how much more are we going to go through before you really say this isn't going to work? It shouldn't have worked two steps ago. And now it really shouldn't, right? But I mean, what are we still doing? <laughs> how much further along are you guys going to hold the carrot out for us to follow this is done <laughs> isn't it done <laughs> what little ray of light <laughs> there is what are they holding on to i guess is what i'm trying to say what more is there that we can really negotiate because at this point i just think it's done she wants to have a kid and he, he's made it very clear that this kid's going to be raised muslim and that she cannot have a say whatsoever in his um, spiritual growth or his yeah. spiritual development. That's so she can't open his mind to different possibilities. He believes that she'll be poisoning him. And again, this goes for any religion, y'all. For anybody that's been religious, right? Like Catholics, Jews, you know, Mormons, very much the same way. If you're getting married, they want you to get married within the church and your children will be followers of the religion and will adopt the religion from the parents. Like, So this isn't anything new. This isn't even a Muhammad thing, right? This is just a religious thing. But then she said she wouldn't convert anyway. So why are we even talking about the kid when she's not going to? And that's something that he was pretty adamant about. We're just being strung along is what I feel like. And when this happened, I was like, okay, so that's almost, you're doubling down now. We're pretty much doubling down that this is not going to end well. Yeah. I just feel like it doesn't make sense that even Muhammad didn't have this conversation. Because again, and this is probably a good segue to Miona's situation too, which I feel very strongly about is you need to have this type of serious discussion before you make someone drop their entire life back home and move to a brand new country, foregoing their career, foregoing family and sacrificing their life back home only to find out all these new things. Like I think we talked about this before, like 90 days, that's meant for you to get ready to actually be married. Like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, plan a wedding or just sign those papers just so you can start your life in the U.S. This is not about getting to know each other. And honestly, I'm disappointed that the show keeps going back to the whole like, oh no, this is a story about couples trying to decide if they should go ahead. They're getting not. to know each other. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, like the what? 90 days, it's a confirmation that you will be a U.S permanent resident mm. which means you're leaving behind your life back from where you're from just like what I did and again like I said this is a good segue to Miona and Jibri it's that first of all I don't get why Mahala is being very manipulative in this situation where she's trying to talk them out of getting married mm -hmm. you should know that when you sponsor someone to come to the U.S. 
that's money involved. So it's not like, you know, you can just be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Um, maybe they should hold off on the wedding or getting married. No. Again, the 90 days is for them to get married. That's the whole point about them coming to the US. It's for them to sort of like be incubated in the US in order to wait out that green card. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why she was so casual about asking Jibri to hold off on this wedding. But again, I also feel silly arguing about it because we know that they're already married. And that's why I tweeted out my reasons as to why I I think this storyline with Jibri and Miona is so weak because... Do you remember those points? Yeah, I mean, totally. So I so, saw the tweet. Yeah. So just to recap, they're already married in Serbia. So they are a married couple. But yes, they need to get married in the US too, I guess. Even though I believe the US does recognize a foreign <laughs> marriage license. So when I came here, the US government recognized that I got married in Singapore. I came here as a wife of an American citizen. So you know what? I guess Jibri is stressed up about the beach wedding. Mm-hmm. And his mom is just trying to drive the wedge even deeper between the two of them. That's how I see it. Because they can just sign the papers. And I get it. Miona is very stubborn. She wants the beach wedding. But again, we also talked about this during our last episodes. Like, what's the big deal? It's not like she wants fireworks and, you know, something grandiose. She just wants a freaking beach wedding. Just take her to Lake Michigan and call it a day or something. (laughs) But they're trying to make this into a big deal. And I just don't like how... Again, the thing that offends me is when Mahala casually said like, hey, maybe you guys should hold off. No, they have 90 days. It has to be executed within that 90 days. They have to sign papers, get married or whatever within that 90 days. Don't be like trying to get them to hold off. Like that's a waste of money. You know, K-1 visa is not cheap. So that's my spiel. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was, uh, and we talked about it the last episode, And I think it might have brought up this episode too, where, because they found out, I think Jibri threw her under the bus, threw Miona under the bus and said, she said she would leave my ass. (laughs) I was like, damn, okay. And I don't blame her because right, you left your life behind. And if someone doesn't act right, I'll be like Mohammed. I'll be like, you're wasting my fucking time right now. Like I would be so majorly pissed. And I totally felt that when she said that, I was like, yeah, I would leave. I would, I would leave, yeah. yeah. So I understand that argument. For me, though, it's just one of those things where as so quickly that she was ready to say that made me like, wait, okay, well, is there bond? It made me question the bond. Mm-hmm. Like, is that love? Is that commitment really, really there? If, if you can just say that, just up and go and just say, well, we, we're done if that's happened. And, I, and you know, when I, when I think about it, you, you just have to be in, in that position. So for me, I can say, oh, well, no, that there, there's no way that somebody who loves somebody can say that. But again, I'm not her and mm. I'm not in the position she's in. And, and yeah, it's completely different when you feel that they're not really being appreciative of the sacrifices you've yeah. made to accommodate your life to theirs, right? So in her eyes, everybody else who's going through this 90-day visa process, right? Muhammad has voiced this opinion as well. Yeah, I fucking left everything. My life is literally on hold. Yeah, there's nothing going on right now because yeah. I left it all behind and I'm sitting here 
in America with nothing and was just waiting. Yeah, you can't <laughs> and work. Can't yeah, do- I can't work. Yeah. I can't do nothing. So it's all in your hands. And if you're not going to respect the sacrifice that I'm making, so I get it. You know, I get the frustration from everybody that's coming here and just feels so powerless against everything. And then on top of that, they have to face in-laws and opinions from other people when they're just trying to, you know, in Miona's case, she just wants this to be about her and Jibri. Mm -hmm. And so for other people to be putting their noses in it and to be offering their opinions on on the matter and she's just like can you all just leave us the fuck alone yeah <laughs> like, yeah i, I, I want a beach wedding with jibri we, we're getting that so yeah i am totally with her when she said it's not everyone's wedding it's our wedding yeah that hits home for me because that's why and you know this long because you were there that's why we wanted to do it our way you know me and my husband we wanted to do it on a weekday Actually, it's on a weekday because we wanted the date. I'm sorry. That was me. Totally <laughs> me. 90% me. Okay. <laughs> we wanted that date. We wanted that location. We wanted the beach wedding. So I'm with Miona there. And I no, that's applaud true. her. That's true. Beach yeah. wedding. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. I applaud Miona for being classy during that confrontation because I would be crying angry. You know, I would be like anger crying. Is that what they call it? Because like, A, you're airing our dirty laundry in front of people. You're talking about our relationship and telling your mom that I'm pressuring you like what I just wanted a beach wedding that's it you know and you could meet me halfway I think the way I see it too is that I've sacrificed my life can we have this can you meet me halfway but I think if anything GB is being the entitled millennial (laughs) if anything Mm. Um, oh yeah he called her a little entitled millennial. yeah but isn't he one as well like isn't he a millennial as well if not entitled and anyway, the other reason to why I'm upset at what Mahala said and what she's suggesting is if they don't get married within the 90 days, guess what? Miona has to leave the country because then she'll be illegal. Mm. So that's not nice to ask. I right. feel, you know, if my future mother-in-law said to me and my fiance, for example, like if she said like, hey, you know what? I know you guys are going through this K-1 visa process, but why don't you just hold off on getting married? I would be like, you motherfucker. You don't know <laughs> what I went through to get here and you want us to hold off and restart the process? So yeah, I would be very pissed. In fact, I just want to read this really short post that I found on Reddit to basically like, supplement what I'm saying about this whole Miona and Jibri situation. So as an immigrant who went through the arduous process of the K-1 visa, it triggers me so much when Jibri and the people around him completely disregard the sacrifices Miona has made just to be with him. The way Jibri's parents insist on waiting for another couple of years before getting married, like it's so easy for her to just hop on a plane to Serbia and call it a day is ridiculous. First of all, leaving your family, friends, career, and the life you built behind just to be with your loved one and start from zero at a country where nothing is familiar is one of the hardest choices that a person has to make. Also, it will be practically impossible to get Miona back in the U.S. if they fail to fulfill the K-1 visa requirements the first time around. Mm -hmm. No wonder she would rather break up if they don't get married. Why would they expect her to want to repeat the painful process all over again just because Jibri won't make up his mind? More often than not, the Americans, whether it is the fiancé or their family, only care about their own situation and they never try to put themselves in the foreigner's shoes. 
I think Miona handled herself better than I could have. I would be crying all over that damn dinner spread if it were me. Mm. So that's the thing is that I forgot to mention to it that this person actually mentioned is that if you failed the first time around, if you don't get married within the 90 days and then you try to repeat the process for whatever reason, you're basically starting from zero. So that means paying again for that process, for the visa, and then going through the vetting process that the U.S. Immigration Office makes you go through. And again, if it's a red flag for them if you failed the first time around. They'll be questioning like, why did you fail? Why didn't you want to get married? Right. Are you not serious about this relationship? Are you a mail-order bride? Are you someone who's trying to get into the country and you know maybe... It becomes a red flag that, exactly. that you didn't go the first time. They're exactly. like, well, we have to investigate right. and closer. Then you, so <clears throat> your likelihood of failing that requirements is higher. Mm. So it's riskier the second time around. I don't know what the success rate is, but again, just talking through it, you can understand why it's riskier and you may not get your second chance. Right. And I think that's a good segue to to Kara and Guillermo because that's also a very unfortunate situation where you can see that even though Guillermo's brother passed away, I guess he chose not to go to go other back. Yeah, because then that resets the K-1 visa process. Mm. So when you're going through the 90 days in the US, it's best not to leave because that's also a red flag. I'm pretty sure he could have applied for some accommodations, you know, like a funeral is a serious family event. But I think it's also risky because of the country that he came from as well. So there's a chance that he may not be able to come back if he right. I feel for him, obviously. And we talked about how a lot of these scenes and dramas are scripted. But I think for this particular case, you cannot script someone's death into the story yeah um, i think it just so happened that this tragedy struck while they were filming their scenes with the whole crew and it felt really real and raw and i think it's a refreshing change unfortunately to see that this is a real thing that happened while they were filming all right yeah that's pretty much all i had to say about that too um you know it we, we got to see a side of him and and uh, of his family and it wasn't about his problems with Kara or anything like that. It was a very, like a heartfelt few scenes with him describing his brother and, you know, how they grew up and how he's going to miss him and Kara, you know, obviously coming in to comfort him and stuff like that. So yeah, that's pretty much where I left it as well. It's, it really is unfortunate and our hearts go out, goes to, out, to, go yeah. out to him. Yeah. Oh, that was heavy. You know what else is heavy? That rain? No. <laughs> Damn, you can't. Was that the segue? Or what? I was going to say that bag. Oh, the, the sure, bag? The Which ring. bag? <laughs> yeah, the Louis Vuitton bag that Shaida was stuffing. Oh, Shaida's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, ungently, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I keep saying this every week, guys. I'm sick of Bilal. I just can't. I can't with him. I can't. I, yeah. I really can't with him. <laughs> okay, even if Someone from Sharp Production would call us, right? Or email us and say, hey, actually, you know, all these scenes are scripted. And of course, they won't. They won't reveal that. But even if I find out that it's totally not him, I still can't stand him. Like, I just can't. Like, this guy is so insufferable. Mm. Like, the passport incident triggered me. Like, why does he always have to be combative? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the other thing too that I realized that a lot of people are starting to talk about is people like him and Muhammad, they are emotional abusers, especially so because they are gaslighting you in the most calm way, like a freaking sociopath. Yeah. A psychopath even. Yes. Yes. Because they're like doing it with a smile or doing it in a very calm way and almost gaslighting you to thinking that you're the crazy one, in this case, Shaida. So first of all, I just cannot stand that she's being painted as a gold digger. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just put that out there. Like, Bilal is no Michael Jordan, right? He's no like billionaire, millionaire. Like, he's okay. He's he's well to do. Okay, we can see that. But so is Shaida. Like, she's right. good. She had a yoga studio back in Trinidad. That says a lot. She's a businesswoman. She's an mm-hmm. influencer. She's a yoga teacher. She's all the slashes. And what's Bilal? Just a housing agent? Real estate. Yeah. Real estate agent slash yeah. reality TV. The great star. I mean, come on. She has a lot going on for her. I don't know why they have to make her out to be a gold digger. That's just crazy. And I like... When her birdies, she called them, right? Her sisters said, like, is it because we're from the Caribbean or you're some island girl or not from a little island girl, right? Yeah, because I think had she been from, I don't know, another part of the US or from Europe or whatever, I don't know if he would even consider a prenup Hmm. because then he sees her on equal footing with him. Right, right. He probably wants to sign a prenup because if she had come from some rich family from Canada or whatever, like he'd probably be like, yeah, you know what? This prenup, nah, we don't want it. Because then if something happens and he gets half of hers. Right. But instead, like he's so like hanging on to whatever asset he has and doesn't want her to get any of his. Like, come on, man. I just feel like the prenup thing is so weak. You know, such a storyline. It's like what you were saying, right? It plays up the story that he's got assets that need to be protected. protected. Yeah. <laughs> from this gold digging, like yeah. poor, poor gold digging girl from the islands that's coming to marry rich man. And he has to protect his assets. Like, y'all, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I get that. And that frustrates me too. But if that's what they're trying to play up, it also plays up the kind of villain that I think Bilal truly is and maybe that's unfair to say maybe I meet Bilal and in real life he's like yeah that guy that guy on the show is a fucking asshole like and a round of drinks on me everybody and he's fucking cool and I'm like wow Bilal we had you all wrong like <laughs> but I think maybe he's playing this villain role a little too close because like yeah I think some of that stuff is it's probably maybe, real it's yeah. real yeah. yeah he's just coming across way too authentic sometimes yeah and it makes me Bilal, not we like it. him <laughs> We kind of need you to take that acting down a notch. <laughs> Not yeah, sure if that's real you. Yeah, people point out little things, right? Like how further out he walks when he and um, Shahid are together, right? Like the distance that, you know what I mean? How far in the front he's. People point little things like this out that they notice. Are you being a gentleman? You know what I mean? That's so not you. And then again, the gaslighting is every episode now. It's like, yeah. and to your point, the way he does it doesn't just make you doubt yourself but makes you out to look like to everybody else who's seeing it oh she must be the crazy black woman yeah. trope right and, yeah. and he's just a guy who's really calm and am i really doing something wrong you know what i mean 
are you right about this? And yeah. it's just are very... we overreacting here? Yes. Like, <laughs> did you really hand me over that passport? Actually, yeah. my bag has it, but I don't have it. Yeah. Oh my god, that really triggers me. But here's the thing: I've been looking for answers on why, why Shaida is still with him, and finally, I found something. Thanks to well, Reddit, once what again, we find, we found something here that makes sense. So remember, she kept saying, like, you know, she wants to have uh, kids. kids by the time she hits forty. And by the way, I'm not a legal eagle, but I don't think. Her asking him to talk to his lawyer makes sense because the lawyer represents one side of the person asking for prenup. I don't mm-hmm. think the lawyer can represent both sides. She would have to get her own lawyers mm. unless they both decided to go into it together. But it sounds like he's presenting her with the prenup rather than oh let's get a prenup together and we can list out all our conditions. I mean, again, I'm no expert, but I just thought that scene where she was. Clearly, fuming and asking to talk to a lawyer, I was like, eh, I don't think that's how things work. But I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, listeners, please let me know. Let us know. But the thing I found this answer, Lon, it's called the sunk cost fallacy. Mm. Basically, it says here she spent what could possibly be her last remaining childbearing years on him, so she cannot admit that he is a mistake. Also, if she mm. leaves him now and wants a child, she has very little time to meet someone and make that commitment with them. So I didn't know this, but someone called it a sunk cost fallacy. Right. Which is kind of sad because I can see how us women get trapped in that type of situation where we're like, oh no, we want to have kids. Oh, okay, well, the first person that says they want to be with us, oh, let's try to have kids with them. It truly is an actual investment at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. 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 Because I think society has us believe that you have a shelf life. Mm. I mean, biologically, too, I feel like as you get older, it's riskier. And unless your name is Janet Jackson, I don't know how <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a baby past 40. I think you still can, but obviously the risks are there. And I guess rich people can have babies after 40. I mean, they can afford all the fitness, the healthcare in the world. I'm talking about the average people like us. We're like, okay, once we hit that age, we got to hurry up. You know, we got to speed up this whole baby making process. So just as I read that sentence about this sunk cost fallacy, someone (laughs) replied by saying, let's just go to a sperm bank and call it a day. Right. <laughs> right. So I thought, like, yeah, I guess if her goal is to make babies, then she could just you could. Go to, yeah, you yeah. could just go to sperm bank or whatever. So I guess that's our spiel on Bilal and Shahida. And I thought we can move from one villain to another villain. Guess Emily. <laughs> I like how you think it's Emily, but for is me, it not? <laughs> No, the true villain is her dad. Oh! To me at least. To me at least. And here's why, guys. Here's why. Let's go. How can you call your future son-in-law's move to buy a diamond ring for your spoiled daughter stupid, but at the same time, you're not going to tell your daughter that, that her wanting a diamond while she's not paying rent, not doing full-time work is stupid. Like, how is he calling him out but not calling her out yeah yep you're enabling one but you're shitting on the other it's like come on that's not fair par for the course i think for their family since 
the very first episode of the season. Well, yeah, it's well at always, least when they were introduced. Yeah. Yeah. It's never her fault. It's Kobe's fault. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be absolved of any wrongdoing. Exactly. <laughs> and for that, David, Emily's dad, you're the villain. Yeah. Okay. I see that. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was just funny that, and I've seen people mention this too. She was able to keep the ring a secret. Mm. So why couldn't, why? Exactly. Why did you have to make it a big, why? And everyone was happy. And why she, could you just STFU yeah, on, on like, buying your own ring. Just Yeah. Was that necessary? I have something to confess. Shut the fuck up. I know. Like, <laughs> he don't need to know. He don't he need don't, to see it. Yeah. You don't he need, to, need see to see it. You don't need to know. Like he already got you a ring. Like there are some things that are just better left unsaid. alone. Unsaid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. So yeah, it's like, why are you going to do this? If I think it's almost as if she wants that reaction out of him. And if so, like, what's this going to benefit when your parents and your family are there and you see him walk out. Now you understand that they don't give him the benefit of the doubt anyway. They're most likely going to go, oh, there he is again with his temper. There he is. You know what I mean? And he doesn't know how to control it. I don't know. It just paints him out to be another, while we're on the subject of villains, paints him out to be the villain again. Like, yeah. we're all having a good time. You know, never mind that she's the one that did this. They're just going to say, oh, he just has to get up and leave in, in the middle of our uh our, our family gathering or whatever. You know what I mean? It's almost like they're going to put that yeah. on him. <laughs> they're playing that up like, oh, he's the party pooper. Yeah. But yeah. she's the one who pissed him off. Yeah. She's another one that's playing out the villain thing a bit too hard, I feel. I mean, maybe she's a nice person outside of the... I really liked her in the, when she was introduced. I really yeah. liked her. I, I, liked, I liked her candor. Like, she's very honest. She's we can tell that you're freaky, Emily. We can. She tell. seemed very fun, you know, and yeah. vibrant and bubbly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the Metro shopping thing was very funny, but also leaves me wondering, Lon, why can't they get a crib for Coben and why I are they all the sleeping in the same thing. bed? Like, <laughs> is this healthy? Like, is this what attachment parenting look like when you have yeah. your kids live with you? Because isn't that not healthy? Like, the kid will not be able to leave the room. Like, how are you going to wean him off? I thought the same exact thing. Oh, we're getting a bigger bed and now I can sleep in the bed. You can sleep in the bed to get the yeah. kid a separate thing. Like, yeah. Get him crib. Problem solved. Yeah. Let <laughs> like, him sleep in the smaller bed that Kobe yeah, is sleeping on right exactly. now. Like, I think it's because that bed vibrates, but whatever. Maybe that's an excuse for them to get that new mattress. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Bed shopping scene was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was. This season is testing me because there's just so many villains, Lon. There's just so many. Ari's up there in this yeah. episode. Ari is just, she's testing me, y'all. She's testing me. <laughs> well, first of all, let me ask you, Lon. How do you feel about Leandro playing such an active role in her life? Well, first of all, Ari's enabling him to be that person that plays an active role in their life. Yeah. But has anyone ever considered what Beanie would think about that? Because Beanie clearly feels uncomfortable. And you can tell he's not a fan of Leandro. The way he jabs at Leandro, right? I yeah. mean, the show is trying to make him out to be like this person that's a party pooper and just being very unfriendly towards Leandro. But I mean, has anyone ever considered how uncomfortable Beanie would be feeling right now? His wife, or is it soon to be wife, wants to go dress shopping 
with her ex-husband who bought her pink lingerie or who chose her previous wedding dress. Yeah. Like, and I get it, y'all. Some of you are like, you're best friends with your ex and your current partner and your ex get along. Good for you. But we're talking about Vinny here, who's clearly uncomfortable with this whole situation. You know, Janice, Ari's mom's not helping <laughs> this time around. I know she was very helpful the past few episodes, but this time around, she's not scoring points with me, y'all. I mean, Janice playing out the whole Leandro picking Ari's lingerie and, right. and talking about Argentinian food while they're celebrating Ethiopian New Year. Like, what has that got to do with Ethiopian right. New Year? Like, just concentrate on the Ethiopian New Year. Like, talk about Ethiopian culture. Why do you have to, like, involve Leandro? I mean, I get it, small talk, but I just feel like Jenny's kind of at her social cues all wrong this time around. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the whole Leandro Ari thing. So Leandro, he doesn't do himself any favors either. There's a way to go about things. There's a way to go about maintaining friendship style relationship with your ex who's about to get married. And Leandro goes about it all wrong. If she's going dress shopping, then you accompany the groom to go suit shopping. You know what I mean? Or whatever. That's, that's more respectful. Or take him out for a beer or do something. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The ladies are going to go do their thing. And you already know traditionally that's what they do. Like, yeah. you know, has her bridesmaids or her sister and mom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but instead he's over here like, oh, I think Benny feels some type of way. He's I'm just going to have to accept it. Yeah. That's not how you go about it. Of course, now he's going to hate you even more if you're just going to press the issue. And I think Leandro feeds into it and he likes it. And that would rub anybody the wrong way. It's already bad enough that you have a history that was unresolved, admittedly. Mm. You know, and she yes, said that. Yes, it, yes. it wasn't a clean breakup. They yeah. just kind of were like, oh, this is where we are now, right? Yeah. So they just straight away from each other but there was no proper closure because remember she mm -hmm. got pregnant with Beanie's kid and she couldn't return I mean I guess she might have tried but Leandro's like what no I don't want to be with you if you're bearing someone's child right you know what I mean it <laughs> but it wasn't for like because they stopped loving each other and exactly. I think she made that clear there. yeah yeah you can, at least I can, you can see uh, when Ari and Leandro like met up for lunch in the first few seconds of them meeting, like Ari was beaming, like yeah. her face is all like <laughs> the biggest smile you've seen since, <laughs> since the season started Yeah, right on her face. And I'm just like, she's not even trying to hide her feelings for this yeah. guy. I'm not a fan of that, of their friendship, whatever that is. Yeah. And again, I understand, you know, I'm, friends with some mics is you can have that kind of friendship but there's got to be boundaries there's a certain way to do it where it's considerate to the people you're already in relationships with currently and i just don't think they're going about it the right way and um somebody tweeted to why doesn't benny go find his ex-girlfriend and invite <laughs> her to lunch or whatever and you know kind of point out the double standard and see how ari feels about that mm. how ari would react the thing is i tweeted this too right he didn't have to go that Far. Like the fact that he's fighting with a, or training with a female fighter already riles her up. Yeah, that, she flipped. Yeah. And she's still not over it. She's still hung up over it. She even complained about it to Leandro. And, you know, Leandro's unsolicited advice was, yeah, with Ari, you got to over communicate or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Shut the fuck up, man. Nobody asked yeah. for your advice. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody asked 
that's what you're advised. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. Why don't you choke on this Gersha, bro? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Stuff his face. Yeah. Like, that was like the most satisfactory moment for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, get in there. Get in there, Benny. Just, just grab the biggest like chunk of food and stuff it in his mouth and make sure he chokes a little bit, you know. Send that message home. But anyway, here's the thing, Lon. I also think that with Ari, it's about power. She wants mm. both. She wants a cake and eat it. She, mm-hmm. she wants to have both her ex on one hand and her current partner on the other. She wants to pit them against each other. She likes the attention. You know? Yes, I see knows, that. I see that. And she knows that Beanie's not going to put his foot down because Beanie's in that relationship mainly for Avi. And this goes back to, again, Wish and uh, what was the other sister's name? Mimi, was it? Yeah. Like they know, they know that Bini's not happy, mm-hmm. but they know that he's doing it for his son because he's already lost one son right. before. He doesn't want to lose another son again. So I bet you once he gets his green card, maybe give or take a few years, he's probably going to call it quits. Because I, I really don't know how long Ari's going to keep up with this whole like, yeah, Leandro's my best friend who happens to be my ex-husband. It's like, come on, man. How much more can a person take it? You know, to have that third wheel every time in their life. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I can stand for that. So, Lon, with that being said, what is your WTF moment on this episode? I know there's a lot, so take your time. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was uh, Emily feeling the need to unburden herself (laughs) with the ring, like making it a big... I have a confession to make. I feel so bad about it. You know what I mean? And and having to bring out the ring. The way they filmed it too was great, right? Everyone's having a great time and they cut to a shot of her face and she's just like, it just almost seems like she's unhappy that everyone's having a great time. So she's just like, now I'm going to do it like right now. And she's yeah. making all these faces and stuff. <laughs> she acts like she's the so alpha good. in the family. Like, yeah. she's like, I want the attention to myself. Hmm, yes. Come guys. Let, let me, me steal the steal everyone's thunder right now yeah. or whatever. You know, that's exactly the sense I got. And so I think whoever directed the scene or maybe edited the, a certain way they nailed it they it made it so that the essence yeah the ugliness. she just needed to be the center of attention there and like she yeah. wasn't she's like well i gotta seize the moment like right now and she's like hey guys <laughs> bt dubs <laughs> you know i gotta do something i gotta confess something and you know this is how so she bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> she and her short tongue my wtf moment is basically in a form of a person. And uh, so it's a WTF person, and that's Leandro. Mm. Leandro has no guy code. Yeah. Period. Yep. 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 If you have a guy code, Leandro, if you know what that even means, you would have given them space. You would have steered the fuck away. You would have kept your relationship strictly platonic i mean right now it is sort of platonic but you can tell that he's just hanging around he went all the way to ethiopia to bring her yeah. laundry like i forgot about that scene, yeah like now that you bring it up i'm like you <laughs> if you have a strict guy code if you're principled you won't mess around you won't come in between a couple i just feel like this is hella messy of leandro to be saying stuff like oh i'm part of the family now you yeah, know, you can't get rid of me. I'm here to stay. It's like, 
bruh, come on, man. Like, know your place. You're being the third wheel. You're being super extra yeah. right now. Like, Is he in a relationship? I forgot. I thought he has a girlfriend. Didn't he mention? Yeah. He, yeah. I thought he mentioned like a girlfriend or something. But I, Yeah. I, I thought he does, but I could be wrong here. But yeah, that's my WTF moment. It's everything Leandro did in that episode, followed closely by whatever everything Bilal does, because everything Bilal does is WTF to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry, but yeah. All right, Lon. I thought I can maybe close with something that I found very interesting. And I thought it may apply to us, but may not apply to us. But someone wrote on the subreddit, 90 Day Fiancé Uncensored, this someone by the name of Morbid underscore Explorer, Mm. four hours, is it five hours? Four hours at the end, uh, Explorer, he or she or they said, so we know the show is fake and now it's becoming impossible to ignore. How do we proceed? Do we just keep analyzing fake storylines and drama like a bunch of crazies, revolt and abstain from discussion, pretend it's real and give TLC their views? I'm having such a hard time getting into the threats for this season because I feel like an idiot for analyzing a fake storyline and judging these people like any of it was their authentic behavior. I don't mind watching the fabricated content, but discussing it and arguing over nothing feels primitive. I just envisioned the TLC producers laughing their asses off reading this post about Shaida ignoring red flags when they know full well that she and Bilal are already married while being filmed and post about why would Ari fight an MMA fighter with 200 degrading comments about Ari ensuing after they set the whole entire scene up. I guess I'm just wondering if anyone else feels silly for even discussing this show on Reddit at this point. I miss being able to pretend like the drama might be real and reading everyone else's analysis. Mm. So what you got to say about that? Yeah. What do you have to say about that? For us, I think we've kind of addressed the fabricated plots and stuff many times already. But I think how we continue to move forward is that Our podcast has always been about our unique perspectives as immigrants and as immigrant as actually you has actually gone through this 90 day visa process. I have the unique perspective of actually being a westernized Filipino American. So being able to see it outside of from a foreigner standpoint and from a cultural standpoint, especially when they have Filipinos and especially when they deal with Asians. Mm -hmm. But again, to add your actual personal visa experience on top of it and you having gone through that and then, you know, obviously being an immigrant yourself, we've always analyzed the episodes from that perspective. Yeah. For me, it adds a layer on top of just talking about fabricated stories all the time. We're able to point out certain things. Maybe other podcasts are discussing as well, which I give credit to. There are other things to point out other than fabricated storylines. There are underlying issues here, which make 90 Day Fiance the interesting show that it is, is because, you know, fabricated storylines aside, it really is an analysis of cultural differences and religious differences Mm -hmm. and, and experiencing conflicts because of those differences. And sometimes not even because of the differences, 
sometimes just because marriage is a touchy subject. So the relationships involved and then the pressure that we experience in the 90 days. So there's, again, fabricated stories aside, there's all these other underlying issues that are great to pick at. And then from our podcast, just us being Asian Americans, um, and you being um, immigrant who's actually gone through the 90 day, you know, adds another layer. So I think we can continue to do that um, moving forward. Yeah, I really love your answer there, Lon. I want to piggyback on that too. I think all of us, and by us, I mean, not just you and me, but the viewers by now already know that a lot of this reality TV, not just 90 Day Fiance, they're all mostly scripted. And Mm. I think the reason why we start this podcast, aside from my selfish reason of wanting to get in touch with my best friends, but we want to talk about our favorite show and we want to give you guys a perspective, a very unique perspective, hopefully, from, again, like what Lon said, from someone like me who has gone through the process and from both of us who happen to be Asian, who happen to be of different religion. And I think also we want to call out a lot of things that are wrong about the show that might misrepresent our diaspora or like our people, right? Right. Um, You know, like, for example, um, you know, Lon, and I don't want to speak on your behalf too much, but, you know, Lon is a bit hesitant to to watch Family Chantel because of how they portrayed (laughs) the Philippines. The Filipino, the Philippines, yeah. and in particular, the Filipina that was mm-hmm. featured, um, I believe, in season two, which was, I forgot his name, the wife, was his face, wife, right? Uh, Chantel's brother's wife, her own sister-in-law. Um, and same with the way Rose was being portrayed, right? I mean, the, when Rose came on scene, she was being portrayed as this desperate gold digger who wants to be with Ed because of the green card. But damn, that ending was so so satisfactory like yeah <laughs> rejected him and i was that was like, a good season as much as we talk shit about big ed the, yeah. that season was really that was chef's kiss that was yeah <laughs> chef's kiss that was the other tv goal right there yeah so yeah i think the reason why we still keep on talking about it it's more of like a critique on the storyline and we want to make sure that we paint an accurate picture of what it's like to be an immigrant what it's like to be a Muslim, for example, like we've talked about Bilal a lot in this season. And by the way, Lon, I forgot to mention now that we're talking about, you know, Muslim, Muslim men tend to walk ahead of their wives. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, that makes I sense. I know it's kind of weird, but it's like, I don't know why. I mean, I, 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 I know it, okay. it's, it's natural for me, but I'm like, okay, I, when you pointed it out, I was like, yeah, actually that's kind of expected. Not that mm. I, again, when I talk about all this, it's not like I condone them, but I'm just telling you guys, yes, I know about But that's people. what we mean. That's what exact, exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about yeah. is someone that understands the Muslim faith yeah. can speak to these things. And I yeah. think I, I like, I love that you add that layer too. You're actually like, well, actually, you know, it's, it's actually like this and you know, the show was actually incorrect. When it comes to this, this is how the actual custom is. Yeah. And, you know, you pointing out the marriage thing and saying, well, actually, you know, in the religion, they're already married and that that actually counts. So for yeah. Bilal to be doing this, I call bullshit. You know, things yeah. like that. Very interesting layer to the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, it's not like we're mindlessly bashing the characters. It's more of like their storyline, because I think, you know, as we mature uh, or as we continue watching this show every season, right, or doing every spin-off, I think we're starting to realize that these are actual people. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, they signed up to be public figures or cloud chasers, right? Like Jibri, for example, like he and Miona, they're promoting something. They're clearly just like Britney, just like Stepanko. They're all cloud chasers. We get it. But they're also real people. And I hope that you guys don't see or you listeners don't see us as a podcast that's just bashing these characters. Um, yes, they are characters. Like we're bashing the character that they play on this reality TV. But I'm pretty sure in person, we can respect them for what they're doing. You know, these are hustles to them. These are probably their only income, you know, for example. So I just feel like for me, Lon, especially, you know, as I continue watching this show, I think I'm calling out what the producers are trying to portray people as. And I think mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the viewers, you know, especially viewers that actually give a fuck about, <laughs> about the show. I mean, I know we are all mindlessly watching this, but people who actually want to see beyond what is being portrayed. Like, I hope you guys actually consider what it's like to be an immigrant, what it's like to be a Muslim, what it's like to be an Asian immigrant, what it's like to be a Muslim immigrant, for example, right? Or what it's like to come from a third world country, you know, that kind of stuff and how the process is or how fake the storyline can be, you know? Sorry, that was a long spiel. But yes, whatever Lan said. (laughs) And everything Nadia said. (laughs) Circling back to these are real people, I was following uh, Jibri's Instagram and apparently it was Miona's birthday uh, a couple days ago, maybe. So um, happy birthday. By the time this airs, it'll have been maybe a week or two. So um, not that she listens, but if you do, Miona, happy belated birthday to you. We respect you. We find you classy. Uh, We like that you don't throw a huge tantrum. I actually like Miona. The whole blackfishing thing aside, but like, I think she's a really interesting character. I think, yeah. I don't think we give her enough credit sometimes, or people don't give her enough credit sometimes. But I think plus she, one, totally. Yeah. I think, like you said, blackfishing aside, I get it, people calling her budget Kardashian, but that aside, I think she's a cool person. I, yeah. would, I wouldn't mind hanging out with her. I wouldn't mind seeing her again, mm. maybe on a Pillow Talk or 90 Day Diaries. On that note, Lon. Do you have anything to recommend our viewers aside from 90 Day Fiancé? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Maverick, finally. So probably mm. you've all already seen that. I highly recommend it if you're a fan of the original, original um, Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yep. Yeah, feels very uh, homage as it should. Um, yeah. But it's actually um, a decent action film. I also saw the new Doctor Strange. I don't know how to quite feel about it yet, but it is on Me Disney+. Too. Plus. You You finished too. it? Did you see it? You mean Doctor Strange, the movie? Yeah, the the, first, the second one. The second one, yeah. The I, mount, yeah. Yeah, the multiverse, right? Of yeah. Yeah, I came out of it feeling like, I really don't know what to say about it. <laughs> I really don't. And speaking of which, and sorry, Lon, is there anything else? My, I'm no, sorry. no, 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 that's, that's pretty much it. I don't, Money Heist Korea looks like something I might get into, but mm-hmm. for fans of the original... You don't need to watch it. It's just a reskin. The characters are all the same. The plot is exactly the same. The only difference is it's, it's, it's a Korean cast, but it's exactly the same. So some people didn't like it. Some people thought it was going to be an actual different story, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's just- and What is that called again, Mom? Money Heist. Money. Oh, that's right. Money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's, okay. Now there's- That's now not there's, the Spanish one, right? It's the Spanish one, but there's a new one called Money Heist. Korea, Korea. Oh, okay. and people were thinking oh this is going to be great and then they mm-hmm. watched it and they go oh and it, it's just a Korean skin over the original OG one and they said uh-huh. oh it's exactly the names are the same 
Yeah, yeah. The plot's the same. Nothing. Like it, it's dialogue's important. the same. Yeah, and they're okay. like, what? So it's not a whole new story. <sighs> it's just now it's Korean. Seems like they're trying to milk it. Anyway. Yeah. And I was going to say another show that I recently finished that I felt like I don't know how to feel about it is The Umbrella Academy season three. Mm. I enjoyed it, but I came out of it feeling like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those. I really don't know whether to feel impressed, whether to feel satisfied, whether to feel contented. Like, I am not sure how I felt about yeah. season three. How about this? On a scale of one to five, oh. where would it fall? Five being really good. 2.5? Oh, 2.5? Okay. So you're oh, saying it's in the it's middle? It's five then. Five out of ten. Because I'm... I, no, five you know out what? Of 10. No, no, what? That's not fair. I think I would say it's more of like a seven. Like okay. it's really enjoyable, but I think there were a lot of parts where I felt like it wasn't necessary, you know? Mm. I also finished watching Obi-Wan. That was great. I love it. I heard the finale was amazing. Epic. Epic. Yeah. I forgot if I talked about this last week, but I can always edit that out. But yeah, I've been watching <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Umbrella Academy. I'm still watching The Boys because that comes out every Friday on Amazon Prime. Apparently, Lon, there's a new reality TV show on Amazon Prime. It's like Bachelor and Bachelorette, except the contestants are being paired with people that was previously in their lives, like previous life, like a high school ex or like people that they had a crush a long time ago. On Amazon? Yeah, on Amazon Prime. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, it's called... Paradise Island. It's not Paradise <laughs> Island, right? <laughs> it's a reality TV show. So, yeah. Once I find it, I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, I totally recommend checking that out. It looks interesting. So Cool. Any last words to our listeners? I just want to say I stand for a woman's uh, right to bodily autonomy for a woman's right to make their own decisions regarding their bodies and regarding when or if they are prepared to have children. And uh, my heart goes out to women across the United States for this recent uh, overturning of uh, Roe versus Wade. Mm. Um, Nadia and I discussed this before we started recording and um, it's just, there's a lot to be angry about, a lot to be frustrated about. I see both sides of the argument. I was raised Roman Catholic, but I also understand that our religion and our religious freedom to practice religion does not extend past that. And it should not be dictating laws here in America and, and laws impacting other people. Right. So what frustrates me even more is the only argument people have is the God argument, right? Mm. God is the only person that can judge whether a life shall be taken. And the Bible says this, right? There's a clip from, I forget who the woman was, but I think she does commentary for the young Turks. She just rants like, and I feel her frustration. And she's like, I will fight for your right to practice your religion, but your religion doesn't dictate Oh, what, I think I've you know, what, what happens to my body? Yeah. And she's like, I don't give a fuck what your Bible says. And I just feel every single word, you know, and even me being raised like Roman Catholic and 
being raised with these Christian ideals and things like that. I get that. Like, who am I to fucking say that my religion dictates your life? Like, and that's just not, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you all get what I'm getting at. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely want to echo that as well. And as someone who was raised Muslim, I too was of that thought of like, ooh, you know, abortion is wrong. I was pro-life until it happened to me and I had to go Mm. through it twice. And so my Mm. heart goes out to all women because I think every woman deserves access to safe abortion. Also, I feel like I don't want to impose my religious beliefs onto others. I think it's it's a double standard that people are trying to impose theirs onto me or others. And again, even if you take the religious aspect of it out, no one should tell me how I should do with my body, Mm -hmm. you know, what my reproductive rights are. I don't think that's fair. It should be a private matter. It shouldn't be regulated by the government. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so heartbroken that, that the U.S. is taking a leap back into the dark ages with the recent overturn of Roe v. Wade. So I'm sorry, you guys. I really am. The only thing I can say is um, come to California. (laughs) Right. Come to the West Coast. Come to California. (laughs) Come to California, Oregon, or Washington. I believe the governors of these three states have formed some sort of alliance or they call it the West Coast Offensive where they are signing a bill to make sure that people are getting safe abortion or access to the pill that would allow you to have an abortion. So Mm. again, not being critical of anyone's religion, but health matters should be private. That's why we have, we have a PHI, right? HIPAA compliance (laughs) because all those Mm -hmm. should be private. So, but also for anyone who's very critical of what we just said, uh, show us that universal healthcare Show us that universal daycare. Show us where's that paid parental leave. Right. If you're so pro-life. Yeah. If you're so pro-life. Okay. Well, show us all those things that would help a mother raise a kid safely in the U.S. Show us that strict gun laws. Show us. Yeah. If this is truly about preserving life, show us. Yeah. (laughs) Now is your time to shine, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. All All right. On that note, Lon, I guess by the time this podcast comes out, it might be close to 4th of July. So happy 4th of July. uh, Happy 4th of July. Yeah. Or, you know, I know the Pride Month is coming to an end. So I sincerely pray for our LGBTQ plus followers because I'm really worried about what's going to happen next. I really Mm. pray nothing happens, but we've been warned before and I hope we take those warnings seriously. Thank you for listening. Be kind to one another. (laughs) Bye-bye. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast. We just got the Manscaped performance package. Super excited about this, mainly Ooh. because uh, now I don't have to use the stuff I use on my face. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's so cool to have like a product line that's just exclusively for grooming this era of your body. So for me, that's totally a game changer. In this package, you know, you get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of it. First off, this trimmer is the future of grooming. Dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever, the lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight in case you need more precision with your shave. This trimmer, um, as I said, is waterproof, so you can say goodbye to the messy bathroom floor. Go ahead and jump in the shower and uh, get to grooming. And if you thought that was good, If you wanted to take your grooming to the next level, the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof with the proprietary skin-safe technology, which also reduces nicks, snags, and tugs in those uh, delicate nose holes of yours. And I know how sensitive those are. Those hurt. So you definitely, definitely, definitely want a tool that's sensitive to those areas. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to the next level. I've already tried them on and uh, yeah, I'm going to be wearing these for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com right now. Get 20% off and free shipping. With code 90 day fiance WTF. Once again, folks, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 90DAYFIANCEWTF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with 90 Day Fiancé WTF as your code 